Israel is about the size of New Jersey. Not very big. Israel is small, so small, yet so significant. And if you don't understand the nation of Israel and the people of the Jews, you're going to have difficulty understanding what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do in the future. This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Thank you for being with us today. You know, ever since God promised Abram would be a nation if Abram would follow the Lord faithfully, Israel has been God's chosen people. Abram was faithful and the Lord has fulfilled that promise to Abram's descendants. But today, what should Christian believers know about God's chosen nation? What does prophecy say about the land of Israel and its future? Well, today, Pastor Jeff will clear up that subject with an exclamation point, and we're going to learn vital truth that Christians should know about Israel and what happens when Jesus comes soon to rule and reign. The lesson today is entitled, Israel and the End Times. It's from Pastor Jeff's series, Future Shock, What in the World is Going On? And we'll be in this series for the entire month. If you can now, open your Bible to Genesis chapter 12 as Pastor Jeff explores the whole truth about Israel and the end times. Now, Israel, it's amazing when you think about Israel. It's amazing when you talk about the Jewish people, that the Jewish people still exist. I mean, the people that God called out so long ago, they're still around because so many of the other people that you read about in the Bible, they're not around anymore. The Bible talks about the Girgashites. When's the last time you met a Girgashite? Uh, we don't know any Girgashites or Ammonites or Perizzites or Hittites or Hivites, uh, the other nations, the Canaanites. All those people are gone. As one writer put it, I love the way he put it. He said they were put in the melting pot of history and reminted. They commingle with all these other groups and then they're, they're pretty much lost. Their race is lost. Not so with the Jewish race. They're still around. As a matter of fact, the Jewish population is about 6.1 million in Israel and about uh, 5.7 million in the U.S. Total Jews in the world, about 14 million. 14 million, pretty small compared to 7 billion uh, population of the world. But I want you to think about this little, not only the, the Jewish uh, race, but the, where they live, the, the land of Israel. The land of Israel is so small in relation to the Middle East. Now, to put that in perspective, how small that is, obviously, uh, you see it next to Egypt and Saudi and Iraq and, and Turkey, and man, it's just a, it's a, it's a dot compared to those things. Israel is about the size of New Jersey, not very big. If you say, well, I hadn't been to New Jersey lately, how big is that in comparison to the United States? There it is over there. I mean, it's, it's dinky. How many New Jerseys could we put in Texas? If you put the whole state of New Jersey, it would be a medium-sized town in Texas. Not really, I just made that up, but uh, it'd be kind of interesting. But it's small, and Israel is small, so small, yet so significant. And if you don't understand the nation of Israel and the people of the Jews, you're going to have difficulty understanding what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do in the future. 
So all eyes on Israel. Let's talk today about Israel and the end times. Now listen, up front, I'm going to let you know, I'm going to cover a lot of scripture. So please pay attention. Genesis chapter 12, this is where it all begins. This is the call of Abram, who later became known as Abraham. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land, which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse and in you. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. God's word came to this man, Abram. Abram, his name means exalted father. His name is going to get changed to Abraham, and we're going to see that in a moment. But when God's word came to Abram, he lived initially uh, in Ur of the Chaldees, which is in Babylon, which is in today, modern-day Iraq. So Abram is living in modern-day Iraq. The word of the Lord comes to him. He's in his 70s, and God calls this man who's established in Ur of the Chaldees to get up and go. Go to a land that I will show you. Where is it, Lord? Well, I'll show you when you get there. You just get up and go. And Abraham did. He obeyed God. He stepped out in faith, and he is called the father of the Jews. He is called the father of the Arabs. He is called the father of Christians, the father of all who believe. Such a special man, such a famous man, just as God said. And as we look at his call and at the founding of the people of God the people called the Jews, and the land that God gave them, we can learn so much. So here's the question. Why is Israel so important in Bible prophecy? Let me give you three reasons why Israel is so important. Reason number one, they're important because God chose Israel to be his people and his nation. God chose them. Now here's Abram. He's living in Ur of the Chaldees. I've told you before, I love the name Ur of the Chaldees, because if, I mean, it's just, it sounds like you just belched. And uh, you tell people, you know, where are you from? Er, er, uh, you know, you almost should say, er, excuse me, er. Uh, but, but he's from Ur of the Chaldees. He's just minding his own business. And one day the word of the Lord comes to him and God reveals himself to Abram. And Abraham obeys and he steps out and he goes and he leaves his home in Ur. And he goes to the promised land, although he gets hung up in this place called Haran. It's kind of a halfway point, halfway Haran. And God comes to him again, as we read in Genesis chapter 12. And he says, hey, leave Haran and go to the land that I will show you. And so he finally goes to this place that God showed him. Where was the place? It was the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land we know of as Israel. Now, important to remember about this man, Abram. When God called him, he had no children. His wife was never able to conceive. And God told him he was going to be the father of a multitude. That's why his name was changed to Abraham. Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of a multitude. Now, it's kind of something else to, to name a guy father of a multitude when he doesn't have any kids. But God told him he was going to, the nation was going to come forth from him. And if you know the story about Abraham, you know that he really struggled because God gave him this promise when he was in his early 70s. And no kid, no kid, no kid, no kid for 
16 years. Finally, his wife, Sarah, says, hey, listen, maybe we need to help God out here, and uh, here's my maid, Hagar. Why don't you get together with her and produce a child, and it's kind of like a child under our roof, and so that's probably the son God wants. And so he did that, and the Egyptian maiden, Hagar, gave birth to a son. His name was Ishmael. The Bible says he was the son of the flesh. He was the son of disobedience. God never wanted him to do that. And Ishmael became a father of a multitude, the multitude of the Arabs, the Arab race. And the problems that we have in the Middle East today come from this man, Abraham, and his faith being weak and him getting out of what God wanted him to do and producing a son, Ishmael. And God says, no, nah, not Ishmael. Ishmael's not the son. I'm going to give you a son of miracle birth. And when Abraham was 99 and his wife was 89, Past menopause, never had any kids anyway, she gives birth. She has a son. Wow! Named him Isaac, which means laughter. And then Isaac marries his wife, and they have two kids, twins, Esau and Jacob. Esau is the older son. Jacob is the younger son. But God rejects Esau. Esau is a picture of the flesh, just as Ishmael was a picture of the flesh. Esau is a man who's controlled by his physical appetites. He sells his birthright for a single meal. And God rejects Esau, and he chooses Jacob. And then Jacob's name is changed to Israel. And Israel, Jacob, Israel, same thing. He has 12 sons, and we know his descendants as the 12 tribes of Israel. Israel was the name of a guy, Jacob. Name changed to Israel. Jacob's whose name means trickster, con man, supplanter. God changed his name to Israel, which means prince with God. That's what the name Israel means, prince with God. And so that's the story. And God chose Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And that is the lineage and the descendancy of the Jewish people. See, the Jews descend from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Eleven times in the Bible do you read that triad. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. In our world today, people try and tell us that uh, Muslims and Christians, well, we worship the same God because we all trace it back to Abraham. Listen, the Muslims go Abraham Ishmael. That's not the God that we worship. We worship the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Look what it says in Deuteronomy 29, 13, when Moses was talking to the people. In order that he may establish you today as his people and that he may be your God, just as he spoke to you and just as he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those are the Jews. They come through that lineage, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the question comes into being, well, why'd God choose Abraham? Why did God choose the Jews? There's a little couplet that says how odd of God to choose the Jews. So why did he do it? What, what did they have? What did he see in this man Abram from Ur of the Chaldees that God said, man, I want to choose that guy? You know what he had? Listen real close because you're not going to get this in other places. Uh, most commentaries don't tell you this. What he had was nothing. Nothing. He worshiped the moon god. He was a pagan. He had nothing. There was no reason that God chose him except for the fact that God wanted to choose him. So why did God choose the Jews? Because he wanted to. Stay with us. Pastor Jeff will return on From His Heart in just a moment with the second half of our broadcast today and the message, Israel and the End Times. Now, we get a lot of questions about whether or not we're living in the last days, and the answer is yes. Now, people use the phrase, the last days, a lot, 
but basically and technically, it's just the period of time between the first and the second coming of the Lord. But the big question that Pastor Jeff is answering in this nine-message Future Shock series is this. Is Jesus going to return soon? Now, with the way things are going, it's hard to fathom it would not be soon. At From His Heart, we want to sound the future shock alarm and tell everybody what in the world is going on. And as many people as possible need to know that Jesus is coming and they need to be ready. Pastor Jeff has written a timely booklet on that subject entitled, How Near is the End? And we'd like to send it to you to say thank you for your support this month of any amount. And with that gift, we'll send you the booklet along with the entire series, Future Shock, What in the World is Going On, nine messages, either on a USB flash drive, CDs, DVDs, or digital download, your choice. Almost seven hours of important teaching on this subject. To make your gift, go online to fromhisheart.org or call 866-40-BIBLE. 866-40-BIBLE. Well, let's continue today with the lesson entitled, Israel and the End Times. So why did God choose the Jews? Because he wanted to. He wanted to. And he chose Abraham because he wanted to, to choose them. Look what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 7. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. Why did he choose them then? But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God just made a sovereign choice. And why did God do that? Because God chose this man to be the father of a multitude so that that multitude, that nation could bless the world. That was God's plan. I choose this man. I give him a son of miracle birth. And then uh, through his son, the, we have the line of the Jews. And I'm going to use the Jews to be a lighthouse of love and truth to the world. And that's why the Jews were chosen, to be God's light to the world. Because does God just love Jews? No, he loves everybody. That's what in, in John chapter four, when Jesus talked to the bad Samaritan, you remember the woman at the well, and she was a, a immoral woman. You've had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. Jesus said to her, that woman, she put her faith in Jesus and she told all the men in the city and they came out and they talked to Jesus and they put their faith in Jesus. And they said, we understand that you are the savior of the world. You didn't come just for Jews. And a relationship with God is not just for Jews. It's to be the Jews were the touchstone to go out into all the world. You know what they were supposed to do? They were supposed to shine and share, but they didn't do it. They didn't do it. And they became very uh, stuck up and very, we're, we're Jews, we're God's chosen people and you're pagans. <laughs> and they would spit and they, they didn't want to have anything to do with the pagans. Now, listen, it's important to remember this. God wanted them to be separate. And when he brought them into the promised land, they weren't supposed to have anything to do with the Canaanites and the people that lived in the land. And the reason being was that those people practiced all sorts of sexual immorality in their worship. And God says, hey, I want you to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Those things are going to pollute you. So you don't have anything to do. You drive those people out so that you can be my special possession on the earth so that you can really shine and share and be an example of what it means to be God's people. 
But as you know the story, the Jews didn't do it. And they mingled with the inhabitants of the land and they picked up their, their vile practices and they began to worship Baal like the inhabitants of the land did. And it was terrible and it was horrible. But that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was we choose the Jews and you guys become a lighthouse to the world. So that's the first reason. Why is Israel important? They're important because God chose them to be his people and his nation. Second reason, God made promises to Israel that he will keep. Why is Israel so important? Because God made some promises to them and he's going to keep those promises. Look in Genesis 12 at verse seven. It says, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. He journeyed from Ur of the Chaldees and he went up north and he ends up in Haran and he stops there and then the Lord comes to him again and he leaves Haran and he ends up in the land of Canaan, the land of promise and God says, I'm going to give this land to you and your descendants forever. He says in the book of Genesis chapter 17 verses 7 and 8, and I will establish, speaking to Abraham again, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Something important to remember. When you talk about the Jews, the Jews as a people are connected by God to a land, to a physical land, the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land we know of as Israel. It's all the same. They're just synonyms for the land. And God gave that land to his people, the people that he chose. He gave them that land and it is their land because God gave it to him. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, and he gave that to the Jews. And if you don't understand that and the conflict there, then you're going to be like, well, these other people, they're so, so nice, and did the Jews take their land? I mean, maybe we should divide it up. No, that land belongs to them. And if you have trouble with that, take it up with God. He's the one that gave it to them. So God made promises to Israel that he will keep. Now, God established Israel in the land of promise. You know the story. I mean, from Abraham, we have Isaac, and then we have Jacob, and Jacob's son, the most famous of his sons, was Joseph. And Joseph ends up being sold into slavery in Egypt, and Joseph becomes the number two man in all of Egypt. And when there's a famine that hit the land, the brothers of Joseph, the sons of Israel, they come to live in Egypt and he takes care of them and they proliferate like crazy in Egypt. And then it says that another Pharaoh arose and he knew not Joseph. And so he put the, this big group of people, the Jews, he put them into slavery and they were in slavery for 400 years. And then, as you know, the story, God raised up Moses and, and God used Moses and led the people out and he brought plagues upon Egypt and they came through the Red Sea. And through because of the, the Passover lamb. And God said, when I see the, the blood, I will pass over you. They would put the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel. And it's a picture of Christ dying for us because that's what sets you free from, uh, that's what set them free from Egypt, the blood of the lamb. That's what sets us free from sin. And so they come out and, as a people and God is going to lead them into the promised land. But they don't go to the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief. 
because they say, oh, we can't fight those people that live in the promised land. They're giants. We're just little grasshoppers. And they sinned against God. And God said, all right, you're not going to go in when I gave you the land where you're going to wander around the wilderness for 40 years. And eventually when all you people, all you adults die out, I'm going to bring your children into the land. And we know that that happened. That happened under Joshua, the conquest of the land under Joshua and Israel began to live in the land that God had promised. And they lived there for a long time, centuries, until there was a problem. First problem was there was a break and 10 tribes revolted against the whole and said, we're not going to follow Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And so they said, we're going to go and be our own kingdom. And so 10 tribes of the 12 broke off and they, they became the Northern kingdom. And you still had two tribes, Judah and Benjamin that stayed in the South and their capital city was Jerusalem. But now Israel that used to be one, now it's two. And in 722 BC, the Northern kingdom was destroyed by Assyria. And they came in and they wiped them out and they brought people to intermingle with the Jews and the Jews lost their Jewishness and they became half-breeds and they became known as Samaritans because the capital city of that place was called Samaria. And so that's why you have in the New Testament that the, the Jews in Jerusalem and the Jews in Galilee, they don't want anything to do with the Samaritans because they're half-breeds and Jewish turncoats. So here, this northern kingdom then goes down the tubes, but the southern kingdom is still together. But then because of sin and rebellion against God in 605 BC, God brings Babylon and Babylon comes and brings destruction and takes captives away from Jerusalem and takes them back to Babylon. We know about several of those guys that went, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were taken in 605 BC. And then in 597 BC, there was an uprising in Israel. They didn't want to obey Babylon. So Nebuchadnezzar comes back there and he slaps them around a little more, takes more captives. And then they rebelled against him again in 586 BC. And Nebuchadnezzar sent in the troops and they wiped Israel off the map. They destroyed the walls. They destroyed the beautiful temple that Solomon had built. And Israel became just a waste place. It was awful. And then when Babylon was overthrown by the Medo-Persians, Cyrus became king. He's also called Darius, the same person. He becomes king and he writes a decree that says, hey, you guys can go back to Jerusalem and you can rebuild your temple. And then Jerusalem becomes a city once again, but it's not an independent country anymore. And Jerusalem is still operating, but it's not operating the way it was under King David and under King Solomon. It's not operating like that, but God still had Jews in the land. And all that changed in 70 AD because in 70 AD, the Romans came and they wiped them out. And year after year after year went by, no Israel, no Israel, no Israel, no Israel. The promises that God has made to Israel, if Israel doesn't exist and the Jews aren't in the land, well, those promises can't come to fruition. But God, he established them in the land in the Old Testament, and he reestablished them in the land in 1948. You remember this, God defended and defends Israel in the land. And we've surely covered a lot of historical ground today on From His Heart, revolving around the tiny nation of Israel. And Pastor Jeff's not through. He'll return tomorrow to continue this timely and, to some, a provocative topic and how Jesus Christ will one day rule and reign on this earth, and what is Israel's role in God's end times plan. We also hope that you'll visit our website to get this entire series in the format of your choice. 
It's our special thank you gift for your support this month of any amount. And we'll also send you the booklet, How Near is the End? Just go to fromhisheart.org or call 866-40-BIBLE. 866-40-BIBLE. Well, thank you for joining us today on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles, and we hope that you'll be right back here tomorrow for part two of Israel and the End Times. That's next time on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember that no matter how badly you may have messed up in life, God still loves you and has a wonderful plan just for you. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.